Hey everyone. So uh, two things I'd like to riff on. One is the um, uh, firewall of fear and the other is um, the spell or the seduction that happens in trauma early on if it happens. Um, this firewall of fear um, is literally um, a thing. It's an actual entity it's in 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 that in that energetic pulse that is it's almost like a secondary body it has the combination of um the person that hurt you um and your terror and um the firewall of terror that you that it immediately can erupt very quick, can ignite very quickly, right? And if you've had it early on, then again, I said the Pavlov dog, right? When if it, you teach the dog, you know, that at 12 o'clock the bell rings, it salivates, and then you don't even need to ring the bell. It just salivates. It just knows. And that's the same thing when you are kind of punctured with trauma or terror early on. You have a combination of this firewall which is the terror, um, which is the freezing and the paralysis and the breaker switch. And that's the th so, so this, this firewall and this combination of, it's this thing that's built. It's built between the person that, you know, whatever they did to you, okay? And the terror in your response. And that somehow is built into you so and it becomes a whole energy body I mean I literally have a whole energy body of fear it's very fueled it's very pumped and um and I see it now like it's a whole I see it <coughs> so we know you have you, I mean I've, I've read a lot you know many times in the self-help section of oh fear how to get rid of fear you know, breathe in, but whatever. Listen, this stuff is huge, okay? So, um, you know, when you actually have it come out, if you literally you see it, it's, it's, it's very powerful. So here's the deal. Behind that is a belief. Well, first of all, you actually experienced it. So whatever they did to you in that moment is the experience of them. So the experience of a child with them, with, with, with you and your munchkin, in relation to the perpetrator is, I have no power, they're my parents, I'm gonna die, I better just accept this, but I'm terrified, and there's no one here, and I'm terrified, and oh my God, I'm gonna die, and that's just like on a loop, or you know, something, I mean in a loop, but it's just like that's the kind of the, 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 the thing that gets so, you know, gets like coded into you, you know. And I better disappear if I, you know, I better disappear if I appear. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be. Um, <clears throat> in my case, if I show any sign of, you know, needing to be taken care of, you know, they'll do it. You know, it's even more. They'll they'll attack me even more. So, their beliefs, and what happens is then, we accept them. Yeah, as a child, because you've got to survive. <clears throat> and then you accept then you accept whatever else is done to you and so what's interesting 
this medicine is, is just insanely miraculous, the ayahuasca, is it's, it's saying, look, you've got to see everything that had to, um, that you gave up for them. So in the terror, you have, you have a, if you're, if you're terrorized, you have strategies. I mean, you know, it's like, okay, it's pretty 101. Strategy is, if I'm to survive, I need to entertain whatever their shit is, right? So you're going to have to disappear, like whatever your needs are in this position. You know, they don't want that. That's a nuisance to them. And I, you know, again, I grew up with a bully and, a, you know, kind of piece of evil. And his accomplice. So, you know, so what your system does as a survival mechanism is you're going to continually agree to them and refuse the feelings. And because, you know, if you show up, it's a nuisance to them. Like, why, you know, why are you having emotions? This isn't a big deal, right? And so <clears throat> you kind of, you cook them into you. And the belief that they are, you know, these lovely people, etc., and that, you know, they're your parents, and they have a right <clears throat> to annex you and to refuse you and to cancel you out. And, and so in my instance, because it wasn't obviously rotten all the time and I blacked out early on, later on, you know, you know, I wasn't starving. I mean, I was given things or whatever. But there's this kind of folding. It, there's this kind of, you know, you begin to look at them in a way that makes them palatable, right? Oh, you know, I remember two acts of kindness in the 60 years with them. One was someone tucked in my scarf to go to school once and, and somebody drew a drawing for me for my art class. That was it. I don't remember anything. I mean, I'm talking about emotional connection. I mean, I'm talking about they see you and they, you know, they hold your hand. No, there was none of that, right? So you're living in this desert of care and this bleak in which, yes, you get your school uniform and you get food, etc. but it's basically, a, you know, an emotionless place as far as loving. It's like just fall into line and become a robot and, a you know, and a disciple of all this horror. So you have no, I had no, I knew what love was in my brain somewhere, but I had no feeling of it with them. So in my brain, I had to invent them, right? I had to invent them where there was a huge, it's like, you know, going to the ocean and there's no water. Right? It's just a massive crater of something there's no water there um so there's no there's no water there's no life and there's no love right so so I literally refused you know my own life is what is what we do if you're traumatized right if you're if you're a child think about it in your own childhood you know you remove your you, you just you cut yourself off and and you acquire them and how you do that and how they've done it is by this intense terror and fear that um, you've had when they've refused you or when they've hurt you. So 
I had a you know a friend that was dragged out of bed at three in the morning and put in a cold shower. Okay, that is a terrifying event for a two, three-year-old. And it's crying and the water's going and it's cold. I mean, it's horrific, horrific. A true act of violence against a child, right? So that child, okay, then realizes, God, at any moment this crazy person can do this to me. I have nowhere to go. So now I'm in high alert, right? As a child, <coughs> there's no one here to, <coughs> to stop this horror. And I can't express feelings because, you know, if I cry, he wants to see me cry. But like if I, you know, he'll just make me feel bad about crying. Horrible. Pure evil, right? So that little boy now builds an energy body, which is a fear body, which is on high alert, is terrified, and you can't focus on living. You're focused on, you know, I'm in a, <coughs> a war zone. And also it's a war zone because you're powerless, right? So you don't really have any... And you don't know when that, you know, that volatile person is going to do this again. So they're literally, the event is in you, they are in you, the fear is in you. And what you need to do is to actually feel that fear deeply in your bones and then I mean and I mean again with the plant medicines they get you there and you it's not pretty um, <clears throat> and also and the belief so as I was saying before my belief was became okay that's another part of dealing with fear is I rebranded so I had the fear body I had the abuse I was parallel you know I had this whole system inside of me that was a, you know, was basically a firewall of terror. And then I had the rebranding of them, which was, um, they matter more than I do. And they're right and I'm wrong. And then you authorize them and then that makes it all palatable. Because in a real world scenario, it would be like, if you're an adult and someone's standing there with a sharpened knife they're going to kill you with, <coughs> you'd say, you know, I'm going to call the police or this is wrong, right? This is wrong. And it's even more wrong when you're a child, right? Because you're little and they're big. So there's, it's, all, it's doubly wrong. But you can't do that as a child. You can't say they're wrong. They're the parent. They're the authority. So you need to make yourself wrong. And you need to hide yourself. And then we weave beliefs about them. And mine was the victims. And of course, you know, if you, if you want to have parents, right, you're going to have to agree to them over and over and refuse all of your feelings and who you are. And not only do you need to accept them, but also, you're living inside a firewall of terror and fear. 
That's a big double whammy. And for all of this to be released, first of all, you have to even get to that energy body. But secondly, there are beliefs around them that you also have to unplug. And those are, you know, because I think, well, I've experienced a lot of this stuff. Why is this still coming up? Because there are still beliefs in my system that make them right. Right? So <clears throat> the ayahuasca was genius, gave me an inventory of everything that had happened where over and over I had been refused and how painful that was. And so, yes, I became what they needed for their agenda because we are an outcome of the people who, you know, were born to. I had built the person they wanted and refused everything that was mine. That in an atmosphere of love and caring would have been a completely different person. One of the things that the ayahuasca, that the Shipibo Indian said to me is, you know, you have abandoned your soul, right? And there's abandoning, right? And there's an abandonment when you, you know, you subjugate yourself to the horror of somebody else's agenda, right? And if people say, oh, yes, I want to connect with my higher self and I want to connect with my soul, the, you know, <coughs> that's all well and good and you can tattoo it on your ass for the rest of your life. But in the end, um, you, it, it's, 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 a bigger, it's a bigger piece of the pie that you need to deal with. It's a major, if you have, so, if you've given yourself up, which I did in trauma, if you're very little, if you've surrendered, you know, to the incoming invasion, if you've surrendered, which I did, I just put all my weapons down. It's like, I, you know, you're no choice. You're two or three are being taken out to be sexually abused. You're not, you know. Um, but my belief system, so I disappeared, blacked out, and then my belief system took over to keep reweaving myself in with them because as a child there's no one then there's no parents right so in an ayahuasca ceremony she gave me an inventory of all the times that the refusal had happened and then the horror that I had been, had been inflicted upon me so I could clearly see what I'd done <coughs> and why I couldn't access my soul or spirit or whatever it was before any of this happened. And there's that great Japanese koan, you know, what was your original face before your mother and father were born, which is beautiful. So <coughs> when somebody says, oh, you have fear, you know, what the fuck? Just, you know, take a pill, read a book, breathe, chant. Yeah, that's great. It's not going to get you anywhere near what you need to go, right? 
because these things are deep. If you're traumatized, they're deeply coded into your whole being. And and I was and the thing about so here's another thing is the closer you get to seeing the truth, right? The more vulnerable you become. So I've built this whole person as a defense mechanism. I built what they wanted me to be out of pure terror, right? And um, and have slowly but surely dismantled layers and layers and layers and layers of the defense mechanism and this person. The closer you come to disappearing, the more terrifying it becomes because you may want yourself back all well and good. And believe you me, I do. Which is, you know, why for the last five years I've, you know, I commit every day to exorcising, getting this thing out of me. But the closer you come to you, the more of a threat there is because you're taking off your defense mechanism. You're trashing them, so to speak. You're saying, <clears throat> no. And the ayahuasca knows this, right? This plant. And it's so funny because there was a thing today about, you know, oh, they think plants have consciousness or something. I'm like, now? You figure this out now? <laughs> for God's sake, the Indians have known this for 100 years. But anyway, um, um, the closer you you get to disarming, which means removing your beliefs and them and the truth of what happened, the scarier it becomes. Because the child thinks it has allies. So here's the thing. If, if I agree to you to something horrible happening, and you know, you're little, so you have no choice, but let's say I've agreed, I've agreed to take on the mantle of your horror, of your agenda of living your life, then you think in your little brain that there's safety. I mean, you've had to refuse yourself completely. You've had to abandon any integrity, anything, anything about you to, you know, become a member of this nastiness, right? And you're going to become a, you know, a, a card-carrying member of nasty, of disappearing, thinking, well, if I do this, if I agree to this, if I don't, if I refuse my feelings, I shut myself up and just nod, then somehow there's safety. There's no safety at all because there was never any love. That's what you don't really realize, right? There's no love. You've actually been captured. You've actually been traumatized by horrible people. No one's seen you. You've been basically abandoned. I mean, not physically, you're in that house, but basically you're, you're an orphan. If you don't get seen, you're an orphan. You're abandoned, right? The thing about love and about parenting is to see you. That's it. That's all that is. You just water the flower that shows up, whether if it's a daffodil, if it's a rose, you know, a, a lily, whatever it is. It's a flower. It has its own blossoming. And if when watered, it will show up as whatever it is. So... You've had none of that, right? If you've been traumatized or you have narcissistic bullying, whatever they do to you, I don't know what that is, but it doesn't really matter. The fact is you get wiped out 
in the need to survive and agree to the template of their shit, right? So now I can say I'm an outcome. I did everything as an outcome of them because I authorized them. I, can, I didn't really authorize it, but I kind of did. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I authorized anything. I was just pulled in. But let's just say you've authorized them to own you in the hopes that you'll survive, in the hopes that if you've built this person that they want and you've discarded your soul and your truth, that somehow it'll be okay. You'll survive. And it's almost like your true self will just shut up and disappear and you'll be fine. And it's all, you. Are, I was built of pure terror. I agreed because it was pure terror. And I made them okay because it was pure terror, right? So in trauma, that's what happens. It's, it's simple. Somebody's got a gun against your head. What are you going to do? Are you going to die? Let them shoot you? Or are you going to agree? That's how servitude happens, right? I, if, there's a, if, if you have to agree by force, which is what it is, right? You're going to have to, you're not going there because you've agreed and you said, oh, they're so lovely. And of course, and you see it, there's no authenticity anywhere here. It's just mercenary. It's pure live or die. And then for me, I had to dress it up to make it palatable. And so my beliefs were deeply coded. So the ayahuasca basically gave me an inventory as I'm waking up and allowing the truth to be seen. She's showing the piece of me that was completely removed, which is my soul, which is whatever. Here, this is, this is what this part, these people did. Because for me to, <clears throat> oh, when I'm saying me, it's all of us, whatever your composition, this is just my particular you know, fill in section A, but it could be your section A, right? Whatever it is that you did to mitigate being in that terrible situation. So they put a gun to your head, you're terrified, you build a terror body in your system and then a belief system that justifies them. This is all part of the firewall. It's all part of the terrifying firewall that keeps you in jail in prison, unable to truly move through life, right? It's paralysis. And so yourself will never challenge them. After a while, it kind of sinks, you become it. It's, it's all them. You become all of them. And your soul has been dampened and it's far away and it can't be heard, right? They are in you. And you have a whole firewall built for them because of the experiences. So you've had to agree to them. And you've built a paralysis, a firewall of terror that will ensure that you continue to agree. And if your voice, your voice which will never challenge them, if your voice ever comes up, there is a terror. Because if your true voice emerges... If your true voice emerges, the terror is, I'm alone. There's no one 
I have no armor. I'm going to die. Right? So the closer <coughs> you come to, the closer you come to, to removing it altogether, the bigger the fear, the bigger the vulnerability of that child. You're literally, <coughs> what's getting cleansed and removed is your child's terror, which obviously translates into what you are now, right? It's not about the fear now, it's about the fear that was built into you then and the firewall that stopped you from somersaulting over them and the cancellation of your voice. So if you actually speak up and say something, the terror immediately swallows that voice, right? I remember sitting in these networking meetings and I was terrified when it came to me. Like I had to speak about something. And it was just, it was again coming up against a firewall of fear. Like, oh, I'll, I'll forget what to say or I'll stop talking or something, right? So this is all kind of interwoven into this, you know, this being that you are. So when I sit in these ceremonies, I'm realizing, I'm seeing that I'm built of them. I'm an outcome of the bullying. I'm an outcome of the abuse. I'm an outcome, but it's all, the, the actual foundation is horrific. It's abuse, terror, no love, bullying. That's the foundation of the building. And then on top of that, and because of that, there's a complete <coughs> refusal of the truth of who I am, right? And that thing is now in hiding because it can't challenge them because if it does, then it dies, right? You, you disappear. And then on top of that, be all of that shit is the five-star source, which is, oh, they're victims. Oh, you know, they're really nice. Oh, you know, you, you just, I continuously whipped up the five-star source. So now there's a foundation of shit, which is absolute horror. And then there's my, you know, daily um, reconstruction or, you know, uh, recooking of the source to ensure that I make them legitimate so that it all works. And so what the ayahuasca, and so, and so there's a two things, the foundation of the horror that happened to you, the response to survive, and mine was, you know, cooking up my Michelin star sauce. And then there's a you that got just completely buried and shut down, right? And so the ayahuasca separates it all out and shows you the absolute dichotomy, the complete contradiction of how you um, organize them. The truth is this, the truth is the bullying, the sexual abuse, <coughs> the being sold, horrific, right? Here it is, this is, this is the foundation of what these people are. And you can't even imagine, like, who, what parent would do that, right? Because you've now, you know, your, your bubble, your 
bubbly cauldron of like, oh, abracadabra. Look how lovely they are, because you black that out. You cannot entertain that people did that to you, right? So I blacked it out. Now I have, you know, stories of victimhood and abracadabra, and they're really nice, and I'm going to save them, and right? That's a strategy of survival. And that's a belief that has to be deeply... <coughs> deeply built into you so you don't see the truth of them because in that truth is pure terror and how can you you know um how can you be that paralyzed and that terrified if they're so fucking nice right so i built a complete contradiction for survival and then became what they wanted by refusing, I had no choice, I had to refuse myself. It was either death or refusal, right? So she gets you to the very nitty gritty underlying structure of your whole being if there's trauma, because remember for a child it's very confusing. They're your parents, they're hurting you, you're blacking out, you know, there's no one there, there's no love. You're building stories. You've got to survive. It's a massive shit show of I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's really like a mayhem. It's like, um, you know, going through a dark tunnel. You don't know how any of it works. It doesn't make any sense. But they're nice. But how could they have done this? So the ayahuasca cleverly dismantles you by showing you the dichotomy, the, the contradictions and literally recently I got, a, I got an invent because beliefs are very powerful things and they're very difficult to move. I got like this whole inventory of like, you know, one thing after the other that was clarifying just how awful the situation was. <coughs> and now I can see it, but as a child you can't possibly see how awful these people, what's going on. And you don't know because you're being cooked in tricks and spells and lies and whatever. And on that note, so, so I have a firewall of fear inside of me that and a belief system that doesn't want to let go. And the, the closer you get to letting go, you become more vulnerable because now you truly are alone and you need to you know, connect to this thing that you've never known, which is your soul, right? And how does that work? And can it work without fear? And, you know, it's a whole, it's a recoding, a complete and utter recoding of your being. On another more um, interesting note, and I think more relevant, um, I don't know if you've listened to Michael Cohen's Mia Culpa. And he says something very interesting, and I could totally relate to this. You know, he was saying he went to jail for this guy because he did all this stuff for this guy. <coughs> And, you know, he almost threw himself off a roof and he, and he didn't realize, like, how deep he'd gotten in, right? He was so in the cult, in the game, and it took him to going to jails, etc., to wake up. And I don't know from the perspective of an adult, but I can f I fully understand because if you are cooked up by all this game playing early on, you know, I love you if you do this, I don't love you if you do that, 
this really tactical, horrific manipulation of children by narcissists and bullies and, you know, self-interested pieces of shit, <clears throat> the child is very vulnerable and very scared and very sweet and innocent. And so it's got to play along with these games. And I felt the same way when he was talking about, I, he, he said he woke up, he's like, how did I get myself into this? And I remember I went through a really, really bad divorce for five years. It was a military campaign. And I had the same feeling of like, where am I? Like, what's going on? <clears throat> and, um, and which is when I started meditation. I had no idea. I was so cooked into the darkness, so cooked in. And so if you've been involved in trauma or, um, <clears throat> or you know, you're suffering from anxiety and there's no way out and all this stuff, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> that's all that. Anyway, it's, it's very difficult to, um, to see. And, um, um, you don't know. It's like ether. All of this was ether to me. I had no idea of any of this. I was just going along thinking I was doing, you know, the right thing, educated, blah, blah, work. Yeah, but I was always just, you know, looking. I was actually working for this person. I was its bait. I was um, fulfilling its agenda. It, you know, it was, it totally owned me. And I had no idea because this thing started early on you know, in life. So, <clears throat> like the guy, you know, that goes to cross the ocean and suddenly stops in the middle and, and doesn't go, and he's on a race, a sailboat race, and he just doesn't go further. And he's pretending where his coordinates are. It's like, eventually, when you face it, the, the momentum of it stops, the momentum of, because it has massive momentum if it's done early on, and you've been terrified and paralyzed and, you know, whatever they did to you. Um, <clears throat> this agreement is huge. You know, it's either life or death. And you're agreeing to it. So it takes on its own momentum. And I certainly wasn't here. It was just the thing that was moving from pure and utter terror. <clears throat> and had a life of its own. And it was an outcome of all of that, you know, terrifying abuse and lack of love and bullying and horror. And the difficult part of like ripping, this is the thing, it's like really you're trying to, your beliefs that you've built around them to be able to um, <clears throat> survive with all this horror, I had to build again, you know, layers of icing but that layer of icing it was like concrete. It really solidified. And to rip that off and to take that belief system to see the truth of it is what I'm entertaining now, which is, you know, why I'm being given the inventory and shown, you know, piece by piece what the truth of them is. That's very difficult if your child, which is stuck inside that firewall, has to awaken to the truth. Because <clears throat> even though in ceremonies down there, <clears throat> I saw um, 
the truth of what happened in my system i didn't i couldn't fully register it like i the belief system about them was so deep and so coded that even though you can see it and feel it and experience it there's this bigger survival mechanism that's <coughs> that isn't fully comprehending right so she the, the ayahuasca keeps needing to sort of bore through these belief systems and they're very powerful to convince you of the truth because remember this is a com i was a complete defense mechanism and now and that truth is blowing it up it's dissolving the defense mechanism so what happens when that mechanism is dissolved well you have nothing to hide behind you have you have really ha that old self is dying right but it was a defense mechanism so you feel extraordinarily vulnerable and this and she's really asking to trust you have to trust yourself you have to trust the universe and that's very very difficult if you've been wired up you know uh, with terror and as this kind of falsehood built as an outcome uh, as a defense mechanism to the stuff that happened to you early on <coughs> right it's it's very scary and it's interesting because as i move into this space of uh dissolution there's this vast empty open kind of no man's land right it's like you're free and it's like but i don't want to be free I, you know I, like what if you know a tiger comes around the corner right let me go find some more fearful things so then i can be in that defense mode right and again these things are very difficult to dissolve and she's saying you know this you know the mechanism is dying is dissolve i must say dying it's dissolving right it has less the more you see it the less power it has that's the thing about trauma the more you run from it the fatter you know the more power it has over you the more you face it the more it loses its control and the more you face it the more its mechanism is revealed right but the more that the mechanism is revealed and this thing is dissolved then you're left with what you're left with the you that you've never known you've left beginning to trust this thing that you are and an even bigger surrender to the universe right you really have no control now right you now you're you're in your truth you can't go back to what it was because you've seen it you know you can't um you know the inventory of information cannot be unseen you're willing to surrender because you're given so much love but that transition from dissolution to the other side of you're here now you know you have the space you have an opening from which to live from which is yours you know here you are take it it's very difficult it's the same as like you know stockholm syndrome you've lived with a you know murderous 
prison keeper. And now they say, listen, it's like people that leave, they're in prison, they don't want to leave because they're so used to being in prison. The same thing as the, um, as the elephant, you know, tied by a chain to the fence. And the mother, you know, the kid says, why doesn't the, the elephant leave? And the elephant, because it, you know, it doesn't know anymore. It's forgotten. If you've been in prison for a long time under specific circumstances, and the same thing as is with trauma, these things are very big things to dislodge. And that's why it's done, you know, piece by piece, and it's dissolved little by little by little, because you have to see the whole mechanism of how you were built, right? It's the whole mechanism. I mean, just listening to Michael Cohen today, just, oh my God, of course, I woke up too after five years of what was basically another carpet bombing by lawyers. It was horrific. I lost everything. And then I woke up like, why did this happen? Like, how, how did I get here? Right? Well, because you're on default position and you're just, you know, it's your momentum that's just happening by itself that you may not seem terrified, but you're, you're, you're functioning from fear and terror. I was functioning from pure fear and terror. I was building these stories and these people and the thing fueling it was pure, unadulterated terror. And when you actually get to see and feel the terror, it's actually, a one, and it's awful, by the way, who wants to feel it, but like the real, like there's no one, you know, whatever this moment's happening, they're going to do this to you, and you're in this purely, I'm going to, die mode I'm gonna fucking disappear in that mode right when you get there and you feel that that's like of course you're moving from a default position if this is the basis of being around these people right these supposed parents so you know you're dissolving um, these uh, relationships, these bonds, these contracts, these agreements, and this defense mechanism, and this story about who you are, and everything you've built to make that okay. I literally had to build this whole person on top of this sort of ravaged, corpse-strewn, maggot-filled landscape. I had to, I, that's what I would been built of, right? And so I had to build something because I couldn't, and it was all silencing and darkness and secrets and vile and just awful things, right? Which is all the sexual abuse. In order to survive, I blacked out and I built like, you know, this person that was the extreme of it, right? That was just, you know, poetic and whatever and blah and nice and, you know, this extreme, extremely castrated person. 
so that I wouldn't be attacked. So that that wouldn't, I had to, and also refuse yourself completely, I had to refuse myself completely to agree to all of this horror. And so you're literally sitting in this kind of fetid, you know, poisonous lake of shit that's inside of you and you're building a whole person around it as well and you're building the person around the firewall of terror so around the so the, the lake is this you know sprawling fetid poisonous a kind of sewage of shit of creatures and critters and monsters and duh, duh, duh. and around it is a firewall of terror. So you've been refused. You cannot, you cannot face any of that. There's no way you're facing any of that, right? You're too little. You're terrified. So the fear then builds the opposite. The extremely, you know, outgoing, you know, lovely person that's just like doing everything and blah, blah, blah. But it's only built because it can't cope with this huge lake of shit. And that lake of shit is, there's terror, there's abuse, there's bullying, there's no love. There's just a horrible, it's horrible, horrible, horrible. And around it is, you know, you've been refused, you've been used, whatever it is they did to you, you've been hurt. And then around that is pure terror. And to cover that pure terror is the other layers of the extreme opposite, of doing well, of being nice, of, you know, building this person that is the complete opposite. It's a way of salvation too, right? If I build this really nice person, somehow this won't infect me, that somehow I don't have to deal with this. It won't leak into my system. And that's what, for me, I had to blow up. And to, you know, I mean, I didn't blow it up, the ayahuasca did help me. I mean, the ayahuasca did everything. She took me into that path into that place and she's saying we need to clean this is all this person you built is is just you know it's just a castrated defense mechanism it has no power it's it's not who you are it's just an outcome to make them happy so you won't die what you need to deal with is the sewage that's sitting in you know in your at your core which is surrounded by this massive firewall of terror. You're gonna face that terror, you're gonna see that firewall, and you're gonna see what happened. And then you need to, you know, you need to disinfect from them, which means you need to decode and, um, you know, tear down all these beliefs. And that's a difficult thing, so I'm gonna give you an inventory. I'm gonna, you know, contrast you know, what they did with who you made them, who, you know, what you've, 
so uh, agree to. So yeah, I mean, um, you know, these are very, and then when you actually get to seeing it, well then, you're waking up with you, and you've never known what that feels like. And that too is terrifying, because you have no, you have no more armor, right? Now you have to say what you feel, be who you are, and accept that, you know, people are going to slam you, not slam you, like you, not like you. Before the threat was death. Now the threat is your next door neighbor, you know, whatever. So, these are big. You know, fear isn't just, oh yeah, breathe, sing a mantra. No, you have to get into the, the mechanics of the, the way you are totally and utterly built. And also, on a, a, a parting note, um, when you change, other people change. So I was built as this making that evil work and being kind of the pretty side of evil, you know, of like being the nice, castrated, you know, side of evil so it wouldn't be seen. Once I've given that up, then everyone else is exposed. So you'll realize that once you've stopped playing the role, the exposure of other people makes them very nervous. Because once you're not doing it, then they too are exposed. Because you're the cover-up. Right? So you're no longer doing that, playing that role. You're no longer the court jester. You're no longer going along with it. And that you going along with it before is what kept everybody safe and kept everybody else from seeing the truth. Now it's done. So yeah, watch out for fireworks. All right, bye.